0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. We've got only 30 more minutes. Where does the time go, man?
2: Where does it go? It goes when we get angry. That's that's how it goes. You're probably
1: right. But also, it also goes with our amazing guests. If you hadn't heard from Brian Coziel, Matt Perino, or Anthony Scandra earlier on, I've got good news for everyone. You can always go back, rewind on the Odyssey app, or you can go on demand at WGR550.com or on the Odyssey app, to uh, listen to those segments with our lovely guests today that joined us on the West Her Hotline. So, I have to say, it is... I don't know why I'm so upset about this team. I think it's just because of the fact that I can see all of the problems that were stemming from the second half of last year all popping up again.
2: Yeah, and, and then you wonder also like why weren't they addressed more in the off season. Yeah. And it, it's it's I don't I don't think we're quite there yet in the sense of like, you know, hey, nothing was fixed and it's gonna be the same if not worse. Because it's one week. Yeah. It's one but week, but at, at the, the same, same time, time you can't ignore what wasn't looked at. Or yeah. what did what doesn't look like it was looked
1: it's at. It's more or less I'm thinking about it like this. It's like it's like going back to your ex and seeing the same toxic traits. And, and expecting a different result. And expecting everything to be okay. Yeah. And then you look at those things happening again and go, why am I doing this? hmm And I know that I'm not going to just give up on watching this team. I live in Buffalo. I like football, so I'm just going to – and I've grown up with the Bills all my life. It's not like something I'm going to just give up. But at the same time, man, they're testing my patience right away. <laughs> And I don't like that. I don't like that. But I know that sometimes Zach Jones likes it when my patience gets tested and I get loud.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just a bit. Just a bit. bit.
2: Hey, Zach, real quick. I'm going to test your patience here, pal. What's going on with the Angels, bud? I mean, (laughs) the trade deadline's gone. but
0: Yeah. Derek, that's your biggest problem. You have not bathed in hell yet. That's your biggest problem i have to sit here i'm excited about texas football that's going well the Sabres prospects look great and you know what i go to bed to last night Otani just randomly left the locker room cleaned out his locker and he's just gone you haven't bathed in hell yet man that's that's the key part you're missing what do you think's <laughs> happening there like what's
2: what's going on like it, it, he can't get traded he is he just leaving
0: I think that's the thing is I think he's going to probably go get the surgery he is going to have for his elbow, and that's that's it. I think mean, he's played his last game as an angel because he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season, and I think he's just going to start the rehab process and that be it. I, so we're going to be robbed of a thing, season of Shohei
1: Otani doing
0: anything? Uh, no, I, I think he's still going to hit. I think it's going to be pitching that is going to be obviously you know, null and void and not going to be happening. The problem is, and really, where this all started from, and this is going to be coming from a very biased Angels fan. It was the day Artie Moreno decided not to sell the team. When he came back with the whole "I have unfinished business," it was just it. There was no unfinished business. He is not a good owner. He splashes money at whatever the shiniest object is. There's no thought process there. They they tried to play like the Yankees, where they didn't have a farm team and they didn't. It, and, and even the Yankees, after they really got rid of their of their farm team and really started building up from within, haven 't been very good, but that 's how Moreno wanted to build the team and it's just it 's been a disaster. I mean, you have had two of the greatest players of the modern generation and you 've been to one playoff series for both of them and you 're going to lose Otani Trout really is only still in l a because he really doesn 't want to be the face of baseball he 's comfortable there, and they paid him almost half a billion dollars. Like that's the only reason he's there, but I'm still waiting for the day. He ends up being traded to Philadelphia so he can go home. It's just, it's, it's it's a really bad spot. It's in a really bad spot. And it's just, I almost feel bad because i have become like an apathetic fan with the team because it's just, you expect it. You expect it now is at this point. Like I had a very exciting 48 hours with this team back during the trade deadline when they were making moves, they looked good they had this incredibly crucial series with Toronto. And even Toronto is not necessarily having a great end of the season here. But it felt so good, and then it just all cratered. Like, that that series with Toronto was a disaster. They couldn't score with any guys in running in, in scoring position. And the pitching's been a joke. Pretty much all their trade moves they even made anyways didn't even turn out to be all that good. They've had you know, the most guys on IL most of the year. It's been a disaster. It's been a disaster, and I can't wait to be over
2: <laughs> I think one of the things that's hardest with with the Otani stuff is is it's not even that he's not performing well. He got injured. Like you can't do anything about that. Like yeah. it, it it's I think that's the most frustrating part of this whole saga of the Angels is like like you said they made the moves that looked good and nothing. Like it just yeah. sat there. You know, I mean, it just yeah, that's, that's
0: I mean that's my thing is like this is the first time they have really bought in and went for it since 2015. And, I, and I, I mean that genuinely. I was ecstatic for like 48 hours. And then you just saw like guys like Lucas Giolito just did not perform well. Just flat out didn't perform well. You still had guys hurt. Trout was hurt, and he was still taking a lot of time to come back. Uh, Zach Neto has on and off, on and off when it comes to the IL. And it's just it's it's the same story different year kind of it's guy way too many guys are hurt you don't have a deep pitching rotation at all and a lot like the Yankees they're built to hit for power but they have really not a ton of guys that hit for average you had Otani and Trout but Trout really has had a tough time staying healthy for the better part of his back half of his career and it's just I would not be against a complete teardown a complete rebuild new owner and start over they've tried to play like the Joneses of of baseball, like the Yankees, like the Dodgers. And it's just like, like they're the second team in LA, but they are not the Mets. Like, I do not want that to be confused that they have like the same fan base. They have the same fanfare. You can take time to build up a great roster. You'll be fine. It is a passionate fan base, but it is not as large. It is not a, you know, I I guess I, I, it's going to be a bad way to put it, but like a vile fan base that like, we'll get on a GM because they're not winning immediately. I would like to see this team start over. It's, it's become a, a joke that they have guys like Trout and Otani and can't do literally anything. It'd be one thing if, like, they just couldn't win in the playoffs like Clayton Kershaw couldn't years ago as a pitcher for the Dodgers. They can't even get there. In, in an AL West that, outside of Houston, has kind of been open for, like, a new team to kind of jump in and be that second-best team, they routinely just botch expectations. Almost, it feels like, from the word go. And it's just, it's gotten so frustrating. I think they're twelve games under five hundred now. You know, last year they started off really well. They end up losing fifteen straight, and that's when Joe Madden gets fired. I, they're they're just, they're a very very poorly run organization. I would honestly say they're probably one of the worst run organizations in North American sports.
1: Um, just so that you know, uh, my my Stephen A. sources telling me that Shohei Otani is at Duffs on Sheridan. Well,
0: that's good. That's good. That's good. He's, he runs a 4-3. He's 6-5. Although we already have Kincaid and Knox. I, I don't know where we're putting them. But we'll put him somewhere. Wide receiver, two. There we go.
1: <laughs> Zach, obviously we have you on here uh, now to be in every week sort of bit to talk some college football. And um, you already know the next three words I'm about to say to you. Texas is back. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine the giant grin as you were saying that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not going away either. I so I don't I don't want to sound ridiculous, but I I, I mentioned with you and Frank uh last week, uh, we you know we were leading up to the Alabama game. Um that like I'm very irrational with Texas. I like without a <laughs> doubt. I, I would still say like my favorite teams are, are the Buffalo based sports teams, like the Bills and the Sabres and stuff like that. But like it's not even close. Like the most you know, merchandise I own for any given team is the Texas Longhorns. Like, it's not even close. I have a jersey. I have a blanket. I have sweatpants. I have a hoodie. I have shirts. Like, it's ridiculous. I have, you know, mugs. Like, I am very, very irrational about that team. I can't tell you both how stressed I was that entire Saturday, the entire game, and then the sense of relief I felt. <laughs> when it was finally over and they won by 10, like, like, and they dominated much of the game. It, it never really felt like that much, like was out of their reach, but this was, it's, it's it very much is a new feeling for me as a Texas fan. Like if we want to, we can go through all of the years where I truly built up hype for like a quarterback that was coming in. Like if we want to, we'll talk about the Gerard herd era in 2015 and how I thought him almost beating Jared Goff led Cal, had me thinking he was the next coming of Vince Young. Okay, I have been to the depths, all right? I have been there. But, like, it it, it really does feel legit now. Alabama's a bit down this year. Jalen Nogro's been benched. Alabama's going to get going at 330 today. They're going to have a new quarterback, the Notre Dame, transfer for today. But they have NFL talent everywhere. Their pass rush looks amazing. They have all five of the, of the same offensive linemen back this year. They looked very good. Quinn Ewers looks like he is going to be the third guy in a – truly loaded quarterback class that is, of course, highlighted by guys like Caleb Williams and Drake May. Quinn Ewers has put his name into that conversation. Xavier Worthy, one Big 12 freshman of the year two years ago, he looks like the reincarnation of Deshaun Jackson. And then you got you have guys like A.D. Mitchell as well coming over from Georgia. He was a force of nature against Alabama this past week, two touchdowns, one of deep bomb. And then, of course, you, got, you have guys like um, – Anthony Hill, Jr., a true freshman linebacker who in two games has two sacks. I, like, they, they finally, and this has been my biggest problem, guys, that Texas never had a problem recruiting. That, that was always the most frustrating part is that you'd see Texas, you know, top five, top ten recruiting class for whatever year, but after two, three years, these guys are either transferring out or they never reach their potential. You know, I, I joke about it, but Bijan Robinson was the first offensive player to be drafted in the first round out of University of Texas since Vince young in 2006. I mean, like, it, like there was truly no development at the university of Texas. And now it feels like there is. And I think that's why, you know, last year they only won eight games, but they've come into this year, like a bat out of hell. And they look spectacular. They're playing Wyoming today. They're, I think about 20 and a half point favorite. And for the first time in a long time, I'm just excited to watch the game. I don't really have like too much stress about it. And I could go, completely against me i know i'm prepared for it but like it's just it feels so refreshing to just be like yeah they're good again they have really good talent and it doesn't feel like this is a one-off year where oh they're they're screwed once Ewers leaves like archie man or arch manning is sitting in the wings as a true freshman malik murphy looks amazing he's a backup quarterback like there's like there's there's now I actually feel like excitement about Texas again, where before I would get texts from, you know, my buddies and friends from college, from high school, just being like, are you ready to get hurt again? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I am. I, I've been ready since July. They, That's actually, actually
1: theme. Like that sentence is the theme of your
2: life.
0: Are you ready to get hurt again?
2: <laughs> they're actually 30-point the favorites. Always yes. They're 30-point favorites. So it's gone up. Oh, yeah. My the over-under is forty eight and a half, and Texas is 30-point favorites. Um oh, Well, obviously you're pretty psyched up about Texas, but how do you feel about the rest of the games going on right now, going on today? I mean, I just watched a highlight from the Old Dominion game of just a really weird interception between Wake Forest and Old Dominion. Uh, The wide receiver reached back to catch it and essentially threw it to someone on the defense. I've never seen an interception like that
0: a very typical college player where you just sit there and go, that shouldn't happen. The laws of physics go against it. But it happens in college football. That's just how it rolls. Uh, I will say for this week, it's pretty garbage in terms of the matchups. There's really not any marquee matchups. No top 25 teams playing each other. Um, I will tell you, though, it's it's the late game, but it was the game of the day. Uh, Colorado versus Colorado State has gone from, hey, it'll be cool to watch Colorado because they're fun. Deion Sanders, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, like they've become, you know, I would say the face of college football this year, but then Colorado State's head coach had to like open up his mouth and talk trash. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, what that was you, what? that was a weird career decision there.
0: A, a Weird career decision. You're about to get blown out. That's what I mean. Game. That's what I mean.
2: Like you're, you're 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 making you're you're essentially like sealing your fate as hey, if this doesn't go well, your bosses are going
0: to be really mad at you. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's, it's a major rivalry game. This is going to be, obviously, the two Colorado schools going up against one another. But for my thing is, and and I, and I before I say this, I want to say I agree with probably what Deion Sanders and his team are going to do. They're going to try to embarrass you now.
1: Yeah.
2: Because they're twenty. To embarrass them. 23.5-point favorites with an over-under of 63.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> Sanders has absolutely he, – he's in a Heisman conversation. Mm-hmm. And he will be for, I think, the entire year. Because in its last year of life, in his death rolls, the Pac-12 has never been better. I mean, you have, I think, six, seven teams in the top 25, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Utah, Colorado now as well. I mean, like, they are just loaded top to bottom in that conference. And Shadur Sanders is going to have legitimate matchups against Caleb Williams, I think, in two weeks. He's going to have a matchup against Bo Nix and Oregon. Like, he's going to be there. And now they're going to be like, cool, this is going to be like a statement game. It went from just a whatever rivalry game we were favored by 23.5 points to now it's like the, the coach talked trash and Colorado won, ended up winning 56-10.
1: to It's probably going to be the most anticipated blowout of all time. Like oh, yeah. pe- people will be flocking to see if and how bad they uh, they beat the bricks off of them.
0: And I will tell you, though, just on Colorado real quick, I, I just I find it fascinating. You look at just how drastically – and I don't want to blame the media on this because it's truly different how a college team has been built. Like, this has never really been done before. I think they've had 51 transfers come in to a team that won one game last year. The problem is, I think there's maybe two guys on scholarship that were on that one-win team. Like, it's not the same team. And you can tell by, like, just how quickly Colorado, after beating TCU, jumped in the top 25 – they keep moving up. Now they're being heavily favored when I think even, uh, I think they were only a three and a half point favorite over Nebraska last week. Like it, it, you can tell people are having a really tough time deciding like just how good this Colorado team is. Deion Sanders made Jackson state like must watch TV. Like whenever they were on like week one and week two, they were incredible. Shadur Sanders as a true freshman threw 30 touchdown passes. His last year, at Jackson state as a sophomore he threw 40 touchdown passes. Travis Hunter, was already the number one player in his recruiting class like Colorado is loaded and I I don't want to say that they could potentially go to the college football playoff I don't don't want to jump the ship there yet but they have a schedule that will give them ample opportunities for their resume to be bloated like they could really go in with maybe the best resume if they are as talented as, as they do look to be right now and it could be a game like this with Colorado State, where if they're, you know, twenty-three and a half point favorites, and they do win, like I said, like fifty-six to ten, that win only looks better. And it's just like they—they they have just so quickly become must-watch TV. It's a ten o'clock game. I'm up to watch it. Yep. I'm going to watch at least the half of it. Yeah, and I feel like ESPN will have a
1: great time with this one. And ready. This is something that um, Josh and I love to do with like the NFL games, like when we go around the league with that sort of thing. The hype on this team is something unreal that we haven't seen in a very long time. The tickets are tickets lowest that you can get right now are one hundred seventy one dollars in Boulder, Colorado. That's insane.
0: I do wonder now if if Dion ever leaves Colorado. It, it's very early. I could be completely naive in thinking this, but he is setting himself up to be the king of Boulder, Colorado. Very much like Nick Saban set him up, himself up to be the king of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I will say real quick... I don't know if he'll ever have to leave Colorado. Colorado, uh, the boosters are going to be coming out of the woodworks to keep him there, to get more recruits there because they're going to be making more money because they're going to be going to these major bowl games.
1: But even the other gods of college coaches have left and gone to other places. Urban Meyer, for one. Yeah. Um, Yes. Obviously, established himself in Florida, but then ends up going to Ohio State, and then he goes to the NFL, and then. Hmm. But Nick Saban leaves LSU for the NFL, comes back, and he has to reestablish a foothold now instead in Alabama. But like he was going to do that at LSU, so I will say it's happened before, and that you know nothing is ever truly safe. Like I think I, I do wonder though. I understand what I had... you are getting at. Yeah, but at the same time, like. We've seen bigger names do it, too. I don't think Deion Sanders goes to the NFL. We had that discussion last week. But I do think that, like, if he does leave, it's not like it hasn't been, some, like, unprecedented.
0: I still, I still feel like the only team school that he could go to or, or would want to go to is Florida State. And they seem to have finally found their guy in, in Jay Norvell. They're number three right now in the country. They, they are really establishing them, or reestablishing themselves. In an ACC in which you're seeing Clemson very much has fallen from grace, they have not taken to the NIL era well at all, and so I, I, that's where it now leads. Dabo you know, Sweeney, no way. Oh yeah, yeah, the guy that you know wants to act like he's the star of the show. He leads the charge for in Death Valley. It's so weird. I cannot stand Clemson now. They were oh. a cool team, Derek. They were such a cool team, and they're so think un- like, they're so uncool now.
2: Zach, I got some breaking oh. Angels news for you. Angels oh, announced Shohei Otani placed on IL with oblique injury and will not play again this season.
0: Oh, thank God. Oh, He's hurt
1: more? Right.
0: Yeah. He's, yeah. I, look, this, is, this has been my thing with Otani though, and it's always been my fear. As much as he is a physical freak, he is one of the greatest athletes on the planet now, I, I do think there needs to be somebody there that pulls him back a little bit because he truly wants to do everything on a baseball field every single day. And I just, your body can only take so much beating. Yeah. That has always been my fear with him. I mean, people forget when he first came to the Angels, the first two years were Otani never plays. It's really cool when he does, but he's always hurt. And he had to have Tommy John surgery before. And then he was taking time adjusting uh, to, to the, uh, to the, you know, the North American game <laughs> That's that's the thing is as much as I I think Otani is truly the greatest baseball player of all time, his his peak his prime was always going to be short lived. I think we've already seen it. I think now it's only going to I don't want to say get worse. That sounds terrible, but I think that we've already seen the greatest of Otani. I think whatever team does sign him to the half a or half a billion dollar contract. Is going to be regretting it in two or three years because his his ability is already deteriorating. He's already picking up more injuries, and I say that as an Angels fan that does I think want the team to sign him back. I I think I do want that, even though realistically I probably would want the team to kind of start over to just get out of this this really toxic era that they've built up. But I don't know. It, it's 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 a very very difficult situation that the Angels seemingly have only made worse. I, I like that they tried but even even in them trying at the trade deadline led to all six players they traded for to be put on waivers for essentially salary cap reasons.
1: All right, Zach. Well, we've got Bills and Raiders tomorrow. I I know you're not in the same depths of despair that I am, uh, but
0: how are you feeling going into tomorrow? I mean, you need style points, right? Yeah, like I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. Like, yeah, the last time we can honestly say that this Bills offense, the defense, the defense, I'm not really worried about. I thought they looked very good on Monday night. Really outside of the run defense, that's still a problem, but we'll ignore that for a second. The offense hasn't looked good since the beginning of last year. You know, since before the Green Bay game, and and partially, I would I would say some of the blame has has, has to be on Josh Al, uh, Josh Allen's elbow injury, but. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest, guys, I need to see a good game out of him. I, w- I was very, very, and I'm still very, very frustrated at the fact that, that you know, my 27-year-old quarterback, six-year-in-the-league, is still making, I can only describe as boneheaded decisions. I thought the game plan that Ken Dorsey put up was not bad by any means, and he's had his moments where I have real questions about him, but I thought it was a fine game plan that Allen just decided, you know, he was going to kind of take the game by the, you know, and, and do it his own way, and that's it, not how it's gonna. It, it, it cannot be done, especially against a Jets team that he has had what one good game against. Yep. I mean, it's not even Robert Sala's Jets teams. I mean, like just the Jets it's just the Jets to not be able to conquer them. And I just I think you need style points. I think the Raiders are a good team for you to have style points against. I don't think their defense is good at all, thanks to the Mike Mayock and John Gruden era of drafting. But. I, <laughs> This needs to be a game that is a lot like Pittsburgh last year, Tennessee last year, where you just clearly outclass somebody else. I think it has to be something like that, or we're still going to be having the same questions. Now, don't get me wrong. NFL defenses across the league have pretty much figured out that with, with the quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you can take away the deep ball. My fear and my problem is, is Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes seemingly embrace the idea of, okay, I'll just kill you by, you know, death by a thousand cuts where Allen seems so on. Un- and again, I don't know the guy personally. He could be desperately trying and he's just having these natural reactions, but he seems almost unwilling to embrace the idea of dude, just you're going to throw the ball 45 times today and you're going to complete like 35 of them. It's going to be awesome. Like he seems to want that, you know, moonshot that just sends the crowd into a frenzy when Dude, the crowd's going to be into it if you're winning 21 to three because you're just driving down 10, 11 plays every single drive. I mean, that was, that was, people forget. That was when the Bills' offense was awesome in 2020 and 2021, was when they put together those 12, 13 play drives and they could just throw the ball at will to guys like Cole Beasley, John Brown, Stephon Diggs, and then a rookie, Dawson Knox. They went away from that last year to just, you know. It- Shot after shot after shot. I want them to get back to what they were, and I think that's where you do add in a guy like Dalton Kincaid. But even Kincaid, that's my one real big issue with Ken Dorsey. I've got to get him going further down the field here. I can't. Do, why are we doing tight end screens? And that's the only way we're getting him the ball. Uh,
1: so Zach, obviously, um, we just blew past our break structure. Just obliterated it. That's fine. We are in a lot of trouble.
0: So I got to get you, you out of here. In a lot of trouble. I'm not.
1: Yeah guess i guess yeah that's my fault you put us here you did put us here mm-hmm. uh and now we got to get ourselves out of it so um i guess in a sense this is goodbye from us at sports talk saturday Derek kramer josh schmidt and um guest appearance from zach jones as well as thank you for tanner uh we're just gonna roll breaks here we're done today so let's get our picks in um i'm gonna go bills just because I, we need this bills 31 to 17
2: i'm not doing it I'm not doing it. Just I don't say care. if the Bills are going to win or not. No, I'm not even doing that. Okay, fine. I'm not. There's going to be a football sitter. game played in Orchard Park, and two teams are going to have fun. One of them's going to win. One of them's going to lose.
0: There, Zach, quick pick. So cowardly. Bills 35. Right. Raiders 10. So Listen, cowardly. Zach, actual. you know
2: my superstitions. We gotta go. <laughs> okay,
0: fine. Whatever. Fine.
1: <laughs> we gotta go. Um, Tanner. We're just taking this one and we're going out. Uh, so, for Tanner Saunders, for Zach Jones, who was on the phone with us and helped destroy the brakes, and for Josh Schmidt, I'm Derek Kramer. Thank you all for listening. Bills pregame gets started at 7 a.m. right here on the radio home of the Buffalo Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550.